Live, it is August 9th, 2022. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about a lot of our model predictions in terms of a specific time horizon. It's the one-day models. So for all of you Folico subscribers, when you're out there in Folico, you're going to see all these one-day predictions. And, uh, you know, the question is, what do you do with these? How do you start trading them? We're taking a deeper look into where the best value on the one-day predictions can be found how to extract the right value. And we're going to do com a comparison between some technical analysis versus just straight what are the models seeing and saying. So first things first, I want to surface a spreadsheet that we're using to analyze our one day model output. By the way, good morning, Tyler. Morning. All right. So jumping right in, we have five tickers. Uh, that our model is surfacing as, you know, big flashing red light, great idea to trade for the day. Now you'll notice in Folico, if we come out here back to our homepage, uh, you'll notice in Folico, we do have this section where we surface, it, it's, it's not really a, a complex analysis here. We say, hey, we've ranked 1100 companies in terms of what the model is predicting their stock changes are going to be over the course of one day. Uh, show me the top three in that list, right? But what we have found is you need to go a couple steps deeper. And so we're going to show you those fields today on how we really think about and trade our one-day model. Because over the past week and a half, uh, we've made some good uh, profit off of this in our, in our own portfolios. So um, here it's showing these three tickers. Uh, what our model is coming out with has, it's the same output data, but we're adding... Um, one more essential piece. We're binning all these companies by the size of the movement. So we're not just doing percentage movements. We're also saying, give us the uh, top percentage of companies by the size of the movement. So it's not just percentages. It's now down to dollars of like $1, $2, $3, $4, and things like that. Okay. And we say, um, if these companies aren't predicted to give a certain size movement, then we're not interested. And the nice thing about this, this is important for two reasons. First off, companies that are um, priced lower, so like $5, $6, $7, are consistently going to have higher predicted percentage movements because that's what happens. If, if that company goes up by 50 cents, that's a 10% shift. Whereas if Microsoft goes up by 50 cents, that's like a 1% shift or a 0.5% shift. So the percentage movements on stocks at the lower end of the price spectrum are much, much larger. Okay. The second reason why we need to be binning by size uh, is sometimes it's not a good trading day. Sometimes, and, and so we do this on percentage and by size, but we, you, can, you can cut off either way. Sometimes you need a cutoff to say, look, uh, if I'm not expected to get above a 3% or a 2% return on the one day, I'm not going to trade it. And if there's no opportunities like that in a given day, you just don't trade the one day that day. Maybe this isn't going to be a good market uh, day. And uh, I've, in the course of this program, while, while Tyler's covering some, some things, I'm going to pull up some graphs that show that exact thing. Because we have some graphs that have rated how well this model has done over the past several months. And so you can see exactly what the return is. Uh, and so we'll take a deeper look at that. But here's the five tickers that uh, come out of this kind of analysis. Again, this is all data that everyone has in Folico as a subscriber. So um, let's just simplify things a little bit here. We have our upper and lower 95s. We're going to make an episode about that because that's 
that's an interesting story right there. Uh, this price, so the percentage that we're basing this off of, okay, um, this price is yesterday's close. The closing price at the uh, at four o'clock yesterday, okay. So date predicted was August 9th. That means this is the closing price as of August 8th. What we're predicting is August 10th. So this is tomorrow, but I want to make this very clear. What we're predicting is August 10th close. So in other words, this it says one day, but actually you could also think of it as a 48-hour prediction. It's going from yesterday's close to tomorrow's close. So that means you have to have a little bit of smarts on, on the trading side of things because suppose pre-market, the price between yesterday's close and today's open went up 15% and we've already hit the price target. So this is what we're predicting. So this stock closed at 1091 uh, MQ and we're predicting that by tomorrow's close, uh, it will hit 1134, right? Suppose at today's open in the pre-market, it went to 1150. My opportunity is probably gone at that point. We've exceeded what the model predicted. Now we are doing some experiments to say, maybe the model has caught momentum and that momentum has just started and we're gonna we're ready to burn a little bit extra. And today's a little bit interesting because, and let's go back out to faces. Today's a little interesting because we don't actually have a solid conclusion for you yet. We're in the middle of experimenting. And so we're what, what our thought was for today's episode is, why don't we take our audience with us along that experimentation route and you can see results as they're arriving. But these are a lot of the thoughts we're having on the one day. Tyler, what I'm saying so far, is this, uh, is this working? Is this making sense? Yes, and I think it's the most important thing is when you go into Folico, you see that one day forecast, you think of that forecast as T plus one or tomorrow. It's not a day trade forecast for open to close. It's a, it's still kind of a day trade forecast, 48 hours, still a day trade, but um, you're looking for tomorrow's close as opposed to today's close. So that's, I think, very important. Um, you know, when I was, and uh, it's definitely important to, you know, keep in mind that you need to, obviously, but, and knowing your, your forecast horizon is, is obviously important. And I will say, so last week on this model, I made, I think it was 90% on Carnival Cruise Lines. And I had to hold it for an extra day. Uh, by that 48 hour, uh, by the, the tomorrow close time frame, I was actually down like 50%. You know how options are, right? Uh, and then the, the day following it and the pre-market really, really hit it. So I had to hold it for a little bit extra time. Uh, and, and then it did hit, it went in the money. So, uh, also something to remember there. So again, yeah, we're still experimenting with this, but we are seeing some interesting things. Um, there, there's a few tickers that, you know, and love here, we're getting a lot of healthcare bumps in the one day. Now, what's interesting is on the one day, you almost don't care what sector it is. If you have a sector view like this, we, we have a clear view on healthcare. We have a clear view on energy, on semiconductors and things like that, which by the way, Semiconductors again. <laughs> our our war on semiconductors. We're we're winning the battles left <laughs> and right. Anyway, um, but all that goes out the window because this is one day. And remember, uh, Tyler, you you say something really uh, uh, frequently that I think is profound. A whole bunch of companies doubled on the way to zero in two thousand eight. 
2000 in the in the tech bubble there were tons of companies who who doubled five or six times on the way to zero so knowing your time frame is important trading yep. a company that doubles on the long side is a great trade trading a company that doubles on the long side then goes to zero is a bad trade so time frame of course is always so it's the most important thing because if i gave 10 people these five tickers and told them to trade over different periodicities the return dispersion would just be wild. We'd have we'd have big winners. We'd have you know people who lost so much money that that you'd be confused as to how. Um, you'd you'd have the wide the widest range of of outcomes. So I think it's very important to know. Okay, so we're long these names. The view is the next forty eight hours in these three healthcare names. How do we feel about healthcare um, longer term? Well, we're still shorted, but on a forty eight hour basis, you know. This is this is kind of kind of what we see. Um, oh, VTRS yep. is Mylan. Oh, you you sneaky sneaky. I traded Mylan, I believe, when it was a different different ticker. Aha. Mm. Uh -huh. So okay, so that is a third one that, that I am familiar with. I just didn't realize that. So, and and yeah. So bear in mind, it doesn't matter how you feel about the company, the strength of the company, or the strength of the sector, because this is part of that catch the double. Whether it goes double again or to zero is irrelevant in this model. This is, we've caught some motion, some momentum, a shape in the um, stock, uh, how how the health scores are doing. But there's going to be a pop here, catch that, and then get out. And yes, that's you're, you're in and out. Get out. Right? Yes, this is this is a day trading model. This is not this is not a one, five, ten-year investment uh, strategy or, or platform for that. That's what fully goes for. That's why we have the four, the eight, and the twelve-week forecast. And I think, personally, that is what I use it for. You know, specifically, we're trying to to program a, a systematic day trading model-driven program, right? Ultimately, you know, we just get out of the way of this thing and and let it trade. Um, and we're sharing with everyone, which I think is pretty cool. I don't know of anybody else who's who's trying to build something like this and then goes on YouTube and is like, hey, here's everything we're doing and you know how to steal it. So um, <laughs> definitely, definitely interesting. So let's go into these tickers and, and take a closer look, because, again, there is a difference in the story of what these companies look like. So let's take a look at Ford. Now, Ford is one, I wrote an article about them um, a few months ago, uh, and it, it was it was a little scary, actually. They were, uh, let's say, I wrote the article back February, March timeframe, and I said they're in for hard times ahead because they're relying too much on the F-150 Lightning, and recalls had been a significant problem. And lo and behold, they're now the number one uh, most recalled uh, vehicle manufacturer in the U.S. today. And that, that so that's been a major problem for them. However... Things have been on a tear up since early July. If you look at our models, we're seeing short-term strength as that trend continues. They had a great earnings report, but then long-term, we see them reducing again. Now, these models could shift at any time, so this is something that you want to uh, always keep monitoring. Take a look. If you have a large position in Ford, you're, you're always looking at this line every day. But if we go into the health factors, we see a really interesting picture. Let's get rid of ESG. You know what? So one day we're going to find a really good purpose for ESG. I know we will. I have not found that yet. You had mentioned it, it was somewhat indicative of, of excess of, of positive cash flow because companies with higher ESG scores do, do more spending. There's two sectors where it has mattered. 
there's two. Uh, basic materials, because they get in trouble when that score gets too low for too long. That's that's when you start hitting. Like uh, one where this really mattered was 3M. They hit the lawsuits with the hearing protection for veterans. And that really tarnished their brand. A lot of institutions didn't want to be in on a company that was hurting veterans. So, yeah, that, that really, really hurt them. Uh, the other one is, yeah, in tech. In uh, tech, the more you're investing in green energy and green policies, that's not helping your bottom line. That's more of like a, a branding statement. But you only do that when you're flush with cash. So it was a, it was a good cash flow predictor for tech. So you're right. Yeah, there, there's been a couple things. But let's let's take out ESG for now because Ford is not in that bucket. Um, look at this. Mid-July, their, their health scores have just been absolutely charging upwards. Their reputation caught it the earliest. Their reputation bottomed out and actually has been kind of increasing since late June. So if we hone in on just the reputation score here, which reputation... We need to do some episodes on that because reputation has been seen to be really powerful. You can see that this caught the bottom of Ford uh, around the end of June timeframe uh, and caught a lot of that upward mo uh, momentum there. Now, what I think is interesting here is that their management scores have really, uh, the management didn't go up when the stock price did, but something between July 20th to now, beginning August, has really been charging upward. So this is actually a company that we're seeing around across the board um quite a bit of strength in so yes some one day momentum there something good to catch but this is something where if if things are looking good after that one day i might hold on to it even beyond that but that would just to be clear that would be your call the model wants us out at you know the the, the price it's out at and and to obey that systematic program is is generally what how we're going to to play it in terms of, of yes. building a trade model but yes i mean this is based on your own observation yes you can make the, the call to keep it and try to gain some extra yardage absolutely but i just wanted to be clear that our model target you're supposed to be you know yeah. at least exiting part of the position what would be nice though is if you could make some short-term gains on the one day and have that pay for your midterm view Yes. And, and yeah, and that is, that's something that can be done, right? Like um, if you bought, you can buy, for example, the calls that expire Friday at 16 for 20 cents. Say we get the run to, to 50 cents. Um, you can sell those and then roll those out to, uh, to a further time frame. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely a way to do it. I mean, it looks like the perfect trade according to our model is to get short on green because ultimately we have this rolling back over sooner rather than later. Um, so that's the other way to play it is, is long then short. Now that, that, yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's definitely something we're going to have to experiment with too on that. Um, so now if, if you were a Folico subscriber, what you could do is find out the reasons behind this. So one thing I like to do is zoom in on these inflection points and figure out why were things bad on the left and good on the right. So you can see here that a lot of those recalls are issues that are, are pinging them to the downside. Uh, but we see a, a lot of um, zooming in on leadership. It's doing the right things here. So if that wants to inform your view on how you trade this company, that option is available to you here in Folico. So let's take a look at, was it VTRS? Yes. All right. What's the thought here, Tyler? 
so I, I checked uh, Teva and and VTRS, and that, and that's the problem. Is so from a, a single day outcome, yes, they, these could go up, but if you look at the health factors, it's not really. You know, that's that's not much to be to be adding a, an intermediate term long. So that's that's the problem. When I look at the list today, my favorite day trade name is Ford. Um, let's see where it's where it is. Pre-market here. All right, so fifteen seventy-two in pre-market. Let's just take a look here. So this is tough. The 16 calls are about, looks like they're about 15 cents here. So if we hit our target, those calls could triple by Friday, but that's, that's one day longer than our, than our uh, forecasted period. Um, but that's, that would be the way I'd think about it because again, these names are all kind of going, going sideways uh, in terms of our, our six health factors here. And I think that what we've identified here is there is some repair in the earnings power. Uh, if you look at this, there's some repair in the reputation power, but the stock has gone sideways since that repair and it's starting to pop a little bit. So I think what the one day is picking up on is we're going to do a mean reversion. This could be a very short term thing. So catch the pop and then and then out. And so there's not long term or mid term strength here, but there could be just a quick pop. Again, this is our experimental phase. We're trying to explain what we're seeing, the phenomenons that we're, we're trading every day. Uh, and then that seems to be the shapes that I'm, I'm catching a lot. What do the, the technicals on these look like? So, let's see. So I will give a shout out to TradingView um, for being cool about sharing charts and, and indicators. So here's Ford. So this is the interesting thing about Ford is we're, we're running into potentially some overhead supply in the form of the 200 day moving average. To be clear, I don't trade just based on the 200 day moving average, but I do find it's a useful roadmap when you're looking at where are we and where have we been over a longer period of time. Um, so this, this kind of tells me, okay, so we've, we've, we've sucked out some of the, the oversoldness. So it's really, you have to make a call here. You have to make a, are we gonna go up and through back towards that, you know, this this gap up here perhaps? Um, or, so those that are new to technical analysis, and certainly that in group includes myself, can you talk a little bit to what, what would be the danger? What would be the upside? Like, what would you wanna see for this to be the perfect one day trade? For it to be the perfect one day trade, I would have loved to see, let's see, oh, hey. That's pretty cool. So you see how we have these, these tails on the candles up near this 200 day moving average. Yeah. If these tails were a bit higher and we had actually tested that level and bounced off, you'd actually probably want to think about a uh, short. So, so that's that 200 day moving average becomes a ceiling. So it's, yes, it's a, it's a checkpoint. I, I wouldn't say a ceiling, it's a checkpoint. These levels are all checkpoints. It's basically the question is, is there enough buying strength here to breach this level? It's a, we ask a question every time. 
and, and the market answers the question. So we're, we're asking the question here on uh, 1666, which is interesting because we potentially see an outcome where Ford goes to, hits that 200 day moving average and, and bounces off and heads lower. So that, that would be the perfect way of, of Folico to sync up with the technicals is if we do get that short term strength towards, towards that 1650 level and then a rollover, that's actually, you know, exactly what we'd be looking for. Um, so that's kind of how I'm thinking about it is there's potentially 70 cents left of upside here, maybe. And then, and then we'll, we'll kind of, we'll reassess against technical levels. Um, and, and that's exactly what the model is predicting is 1635. So okay. under the 1666, uh, as, as far as the model goes, the, yeah, the, the two week, the three week is predicting exceeding that. Uh, what, what did we have for that? I'll, I'll pull that up. Uh, but I think that's all pretty consistent with what Folico is seeing as well, which given that Folico is not doing a technical view at all, I think it's interesting that it's aligning. Yes. And, and I, and that's one of the things I like to see when using indicators is it's not, there's no magic bullet. There's no, there's no one indicator to rule them, rule them all. It's, it's the indicator in the hands of, of the risk taker. But when you see, Okay, Felico says this. Okay, a decade of technical analysis says this. Okay, you know, further analysis of, of whatever whatever the, the matter at hand is says this, and they're all saying the same thing. That's how you really start to build some conviction and say, okay, I have multiple uh, tools telling me the same thing, and, and that is to me how how the best trades are made. Is conviction is built by by multiple things, not just one one magic one magic bullet or indicators, no such thing. I'm uh, grabbing that chart that I promised earlier in the show from uh, Jose right now. We'll, we'll have that out in a second because uh, I want to show what happens with this when we're not trading. I think one of the key aspects of this one day model is you've got to know days to not trade, uh, yes. and we. So where we catch the days to trade in this model, like 95% of the time, we skip the days where the market is bad about 50% of the time, which is something I'll take. If, if we can avoid the bad 50% uh, of the time and catch the good 90% of the time, I, I think that's a good trade-off. Yes. So um, let's see. And we've got that now. So I'm going to pull that up. All right, so here is um, on the screen, the blue line is the market in general. So this is what if we invested in every company on our coverage list every day. The orange list is what if we invested in the one day model and it's like uh, it's some hierarchy like the top 10 names in the one day model no matter what. And the green line is what if we just invested um, when we do the right heuristics on whether or not to invest, which is why you see big gaps in the green line. Those gaps in the green line are days that we don't trade. And so you'll notice uh, we see some uh, downside here on the blue line. So this is all the companies. Our, our green line model is not sloped 
downside as much as the blue line. So we are avoiding losses there, but we are still taking losses. And that's when our model says unplug for a little bit. We're going to get back in at another time. And when we do get back in, because the market has kind of bottomed out and is, is healing a little bit at that point, we're able to pop up at a much higher level. So you see that we avoid this downturn. Um, we It's hard to really line this up. We avoid a little bit of the downturn in the flat side there. And so you can see uh, how this model is coming in, in terms of trade, do not trade, uh, take risk off for a little while uh, kind of elements. Does this, Tyler, this, this is kind of a, a, a rougher graph. Is this making sense the way I'm explaining it? Yes, and, and it's very important kind of twofold. One, having a, having a to-don't list is way more important than a to-do list. So not trading sometimes is way more important than making a good trade. Preserving capital sometimes is way more important than, you know, uh, accruing it. So it's, it's fantastic that in these cases, we're generally sidestepping what could be some nasty drawdown days. Um, we're going to try to work this on the other side and we're going to try to get short those days, actually. But even if you're out and just not taking any pain, that's, that's obviously, a, you know, a tremendous value, value add to your portfolio. Um, you know, everyone's seen the math on what it takes to, if your portfolio is cut in half, you have to more than double it. You know, the, the percent change just becomes um, pretty, pretty, un, you know, insurmountable. Um, so I think it's very important to control your drawdowns. That's, that's really this whole game is, is, is really drawdown control. At the highest levels, it's just drawdown control. Everyone knows how to make money. It's can you control, you know, the drawdowns and, and when things don't go your way, how does that impact your P&L? Absolutely. So, and, and look at this. The green line and the orange line are kind of tied for a long time. From mid-May to mid-June, you know, it's really ambiguous as to which model you would prefer. Uh, but we avoid this massive drawdown there. And so what I see in, in the orange line, if you were to, to estimate the sharp ratio of the green versus the orange, I think the sharp ratio of, of the green is going to be far improved because your volatility has just decreased. Um, we do see, I think the, the biggest drawdown we're going to see is right here, uh, which is interesting because it's not, it's a bigger drawdown than the, than the general market had. Uh, but uh, so far, even in this weird uh, economic environment, our one-day models are performing quite well. Uh, and so I think it speaks to the strength of what you're going to find in Folico, as long as you can get that timing right on the trades uh, and make sure you've got that that strength uh, coming from the data, from artificial intelligence, from things that humans can't see. So why would we have an advantage over everyone else? There's millions of people playing this game. Why would we have an advantage? Well, it's because we've got models reading um, unlimited articles, unlimited news, and drawing all these lines and connections that humans can't physically see or make. And then we have human understanding and knowledge layered on top of that, which is your trading experience. So we've got to start wrapping up for today. Tyler, last thoughts. Um, we are going to be uh, exercising, in, or I am going to be uh, exercising in my portfolio, um, at least Teva, Viatris, and Ford. I don't know about Marketa and CureVac. I don't, I don't know about these tickers. To, to really say that I understand. I mean, we've got good views on biotech, but again, our view on industry and sector right now does not matter when it comes to the one day. So what are your thoughts on that, Tyler? Well, a couple of things. First of all, these these names aren't widely held in the, or held at all, in fact, in the, in the ETFs we talk about. So we have three healthcare names, but none of those are 
a meaningful amount of, of any of the sectors we're actually taking a view on. When we're taking a view on healthcare, it's really the J&Js, the UNHs, the Pfizer's, um, the higher weightings and the XLV ETF. So these are all smaller-ish companies. Um, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal to trade kind of against your own sector view because these companies are not, for example, if it said J&J, UNH and PFE for a day trade, I'd probably be like, oh, okay, I'm probably wrong. But it's, it's, these companies are less consequential to the sector. They just happen to be in that sector. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. We'll be back with you tomorrow and, and we'll, we'll talk about how, how these day trades are doing. Um, and and we'll, we'll give you some more thoughts for, for stocks to watch on Thursday. I love the idea of us checking in on experiments on a regular basis because I think this this becomes a co-experimentation show for people to, to see how to, how to use these numbers in the best way possible. Uh, all right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. We've got more coming at you tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Good, uh, good day trading ahead. We are not financial advisors. We're going to flash this thing here at, at, at the end. Uh, but uh, everyone have a great day. We're going to get to trading. Talk to you soon.